Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And welcome into Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWBY. Very pleasant. Good Monday morning, everyone. Terry Slavin's with you. And today, not Angela, we have replacements. <laughs> <laughs> we always say it takes a couple of us to replace her. So you, That's get, right. you get two of us today. All right. That's well, right. very, good very good morning. And I'm sure we have a great show on tap. So, Brett, take it away. Well, what we're excited about this morning is today what we're going to touch on. And again, touch on because there's so much to this piece of the puzzle. But uh, investing and going through 10 questions that every investor needs to ask. It's not always about, you know, the response. It's about knowing the right questions to ask to get us to where we need to be. And, uh, you know, investing can be complicated. Uh, but if you think back about anything you do in life, if you spend a lot of time doing it and you work at it day in and day out, uh, is it as complicated as something that you get thrown at you one time here and there? So if, if you spend your time learning and being educated about it, it's going to be able to help you understand and ask the questions of, of uh, how and the whys to be able to make things work. So very excited today. I know you guys have listened to Aaron many times, Aaron Kennedy, our, our CFA and money manager in the house. And really today what we're going to do is a, a, a Q&A with Aaron and kind of get some direction from him on uh, some of these questions. So Aaron, we're sure glad to have you here this morning. Thank you. Good morning. We'll, we'll just go ahead and kick it off. We've got 10 questions. The first question that we want to ask is, uh, should I invest if I don't understand investing? What do I do if I don't know the first thing about investing, but I, I've heard that there's the upside or the potential? Should I invest if I don't know anything about in, investing? Well, the simple answer to that is is yes. You know, the greatest thing about investing or the, the number one tried and true way to be a successful investor is give it time. And I'm not talking a week, I'm not talking a month, I'm talking a lifetime. Even if you listen to Warren Buffett, you know, he preaches over and over again that uh, it's not the sexiest investments that make you money, it's time. So the earliest you can get in, even if, if you don't know exactly what you're doing, the better off you're going to be. And, you know, as a consumer today, there is so much education out there. And... For the most part, people are lucky because their first experience with investing is probably a 401k or some retirement plan. And the choices that you're going to get inside of that are going to go over what exactly you're getting in. And if you're new to investing, I would probably say stay as simple as absolute possible. And you know, try to get your hands wrapped around what kind of risk you're taking and whether you're capable of taking the risk on those more simple investing investments it's not what you know it's what you don't know that could that could hurt you and, and it's interesting because you said most investors learn by their 401k when we go to work and we start our careers is that an overnight success is that a, a lottery ticket that we get involved in and i think that's what you're saying is it's a it's a thing we it's, it's what we get started in and it could be 10 20 30 40 years of our life of a career and that's why you see those uh those type of plans work is because uh the, the worker the employer are, are uh, tied to those for such a long period of time and they have that success 
success that they're forced into a discipline of time. Time. (laughs) Yes. Well, as I read this morning, as we quote, I think by Buffett is, uh, you know, you need to go into investing like you're looking at grass grow or paint dry. If you want the quick, the sexy, then you go ahead and grab the cash and go to Vegas and and see what happens. Roll the dice. That's exactly right. Well, thanks. And and speaking of Vegas, uh, we're, we're going to the next one, risk. You know, a big question is, what does risk mean? And, and a lot of times it's, what does risk mean for you? Uh, you know, we find working with the families, the individuals, and the business owners that we work with is we all have a different risk tolerance, and we're all able to look at the, uh, uh, the volatility different than others. If you could expand on that, that'd be great. Yes. Yeah, risk is such a big word. People think that risk means losing my money permanently, and that truly is the definition uh, you know, risk is not really volatility, ups and downs in the market, because that's happened. It's, but it's, it's a loss of permanent purchase power. So if you think about that, risk is also not only being in stocks, being in bonds, but it's also doing nothing. You know, because if your grandmother would have saved $100, you know, uh, 50, 60 years ago to give to you today, buried it in the backyard, what would that be worth? hundred bucks yeah it wouldn't buy acres of land like it would when she was a kid all right you know it'd maybe fill up your car and get you some snacks <laughs> you know that's it so there's risk everywhere and this is the most uh difficult part of it because you can you can be in the s&p 500 and take market risk you know you can be in an international fund and take market risk plus currency risk plus country risk plus government risk you know, you can be in bonds and take interest rate risk. You can take credit risk. You know, there's all these different things that move the different market needles over time, and it, it can be very overwhelming. And a lot of the times, people just do these things without knowing exactly what they're doing. And I'm not saying any of these risks are wrong. Usually, if you take a risk, you're, you're taking that risk to make money. But most people don't know what risk they're taking you know and if you're taking a currency risk or a credit risk and and a credit risk is buying a bond that has a chance of default and that's taking corporate bond risk you might be taking that and not understand why your portfolio is not going straight up with the market and it's because well you're not taking that risk You're, you're taking bond risk and it gets confusing and you most people need help to put that together to realize okay what risks am i taking and how should this portfolio perform with the risks I'm taking and be comfortable with it? And, you know, there's plenty of smart people and there's plenty of education out there, but unless you have the time to study it 24-7 and, and really understand and have the expectations of what you're doing, it can get a little not only confusing but aggravating. With that in mind, I think we'll take a break and we'll be right back with a question of, of what risk should you be taking? We'll continue right here on KTX KWY. And Life Planning 101 continues here on KTX KWY. A bunch of great information, so we're going to get right back to it. Brett? Yeah, the next, the next question, we're go- what we're going through today is the 10 questions every investor needs to ask. When we've got Aaron Kennedy here with us, our money manager, CFA. Uh, next question we want to go into is what amount of risk should I be taking? And uh, again, when we sit down with those that we work with, a lot of times they'll look up and they'll say, am I taking the right risk? And uh, really the question is, you know, what's your situation? What do you need the risk to be? And, and what can you stomach 
to be able to stay what we talked at the beginning is over the long haul. Stay invested over time to be able to have successes. And uh, Aaron, again, if you'd elaborate on that, please. All right. All my life experiences and all my work experiences have, have boiled down to making sure the client or the investor stays invested, you know, in order to get that long-term benefit of being in the market. And when it comes to how much risk you should take, you know, there's a good way to think about it. So if you're on the interstate and you're only comfortable driving the speed limit, if you're only comfortable driving the speed limit and you wake up one morning and you're running late, you get stuck behind a train and it looks like you're going to be 30 minutes late. Are you willing to drive 140 miles an hour to get to work on time? Probably not. Probably not. So when it comes to risk, we, we do a lot of goal-based investing. Where do you want to be in time? Do you really want to drive 130 miles an hour? Are you capable of driving 130 miles an hour? Or, or are you more comfortable just being 5, 10 minutes late? You know. So when we work with our clients, we really want to get a good understanding of how they feel about risk because the market goes up and down. You know, that's two things I'm allowed to guarantee. <laughs> I can't say it's going up anytime. You know, I can't put a period on that, but that's what the market does. It goes up and down. So we spend a lot of time with seeing where the client is comfortable with their investments, how much they're willing to go up and down, and then set good expectations for what they should expect going in the future. And there's tons of stuff out there, risk questionnaires, there's software out there. There's tons of stuff. And I, and I don't think, um, you know, pegging a, an allocation to somebody makes sense to anybody. But, you know, really sitting down and showing this is where you've tested. Now, this is where your expectations should be. You know, you should be comfortable here going down this amount, which equals this amount of money, <laughs> you know. But long term, this is where you should be, and this is where we should be able to get you because of your goals. And that's really... It's a big conversation, and it's uh, figuring out the right risk. You know, and the right risk leads into our, our next question, which is, you know, we want to know what investments are right for me. Uh, and one is is the uh, the global investing world of how many investments are actually out there and then being able, being able to sort through those that are uh, not known per se, to the general investor outside of your, your big companies, the ones that really are the big ones that everybody is aware of, reading and seeing in the news. There's so much more that makes our world go around. Uh, so the, the other question is, all right, looking at my goal, backing up, here's where I am, like you were talking about, here's where I want to be. With that in mind, uh, what investments, what makes sense for me? Ooh, that's a million-dollar question. Um, you know, for the <laughs> most part, I would think most people need to probably stay stay simple you know like i said once we start introducing more and more risks that changes our trajectory and it doesn't necessarily change where we end up and at what time but it can change the ride how smooth and you know there's really no one investment that says this is going to be the be all best for all time mm -hmm. it's just not out there because of the word i said time things change over time, who would have thought the the best investment would have been a phone, you know, versus you know a grocery store? You know, things change, technology changes, countries change, governments change. So, you know, to be able to put that those ingredients together and get the perfect recipe 
unless you're just very well versed and very well educated and stay on top of everything, unless you're staying extremely simple, I, I think you would need some probably some some good help navigating all the different waters out there. Yeah, it goes back to what you feel comfortable with. If you've been looking at it day in and day out, you're going to have a knowledge of what to look at for what the companies are are doing. And as we lead into our next question is, uh, you know, okay, what investments are right for me? And then the next question is, okay, how many different types or or how many types of investments should I have? Because there's all the different sectors and then all of the different companies that fall inside of that. Now the question comes down to if we've got the goal down where we are, where we want to be. Next question is, okay, what types of investments are going to be able to uh, be right for me? So that's going to come back to the returns. Number one, the returns that you need to, to get to your goals. You know, if you're investing in cash, you know, that's going to have a probably a lot lower return stream than the stock market. And being in the U.S. stock market is going to be very different than if you were investing in Brazil. You know, so number one, we kind of have to see the goals or you need to understand the goals that you have and where you want to be, where you want to be retired or where you want to send your kids to school. Uh, how often you want a vacation, and then you need to say, okay, what types of investments do I need to to achieve that? You know, and if it is cash, you got plenty, and you don't you need that lower return stream, then maybe that's where you need to be. But most of us have to invest over time, so maybe you need more stocks. You know, but maybe you can't handle the risks, so you add in bonds to lower your risk. You know, or you add more cash to lower your risk. You know, and that really needs to be a good conversation with with an advisor or or somebody that really understands to be able to put all that together because it's not only returns it's the path to get there you know it it really is how much risk inside of that portfolio to to Mm -hmm. achieve those goals and and what you want that ride to look like along with that it's you know is it correct to say that it would be the uh the discipline you're saying it's not just about the investments but it's the discipline to keep you for making those emotional decisions based off of those investments or something you read or, or something your uh, uh, wisest friend just saw on the news. Yes. Discipline is, I keep saying time. And, and what I mean by time is time staying in the market. But it is a discipline. Because uh, I, I, we, were, we were with a group this weekend that a bunch of us advisors and one of the things this one advisor was telling me says, no matter how much I've tried, I cannot beat the neighbor. The neighbor always <laughs> beats me. I was like, you know what? None of us can beat the neighbor. Never, never. Because the neighbor's only going to tell you that one stock that's done extremely well. And he only may have 200 bucks in it, you know, but it's done great. You know, and that's what he's going to tell his buddy about. That's what he's going to tell his neighbor about. The most successful thing he's done may not have moved the needle on the portfolio. The rest of his portfolio might have crashed, you know, but... The thing, back to the question, you know, the thing is you don't want to chase the hottest thing out there because if you're chasing the hottest thing out there, guess what? That's already done its thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're buying at the top. You know, if you were there early, you know, that that was a great investment. But buying after it's run up to 300%, you know, you've already missed out. Missed the easy money. I say that ship's done, come and gone. Right, it's it's come and gone. You know, there might be some left, but the, the risk increases this is what most people don't understand. Risk increases as prices go up. Cheap stocks, I mean, if I were to buy Walmart at $10 today, you know, versus $50, $10 was a lot cheaper and a lot less risky than now, you know. So, 
So when you, when you look at investing, we'll go on to the next question to keep us moving. Great information. A lot of times you get the individual investor and they say, all right, I need, I need to get help. But what's the cost of that uh, versus me trying to go this alone and, and do it myself? Or what should I expect the cost to be uh, for getting this wealth of knowledge that, that is available for me to, to be able to keep on track? Cost, that is, that's a great question. And there's been this huge movement to reduce cost in investments. And I think it's, uh, it's been driven a lot by Vanguard and uh, Bogle. And uh, Morningstar has been a big push. And the, the one thing Morningstar says that is the direct driver of cost, our performance, is cost. And, and it's a wonderful thing for investors. And no matter how much we push down cost, and that's all of our goals, but there is a cost for everything. You know, when I invest, there's a cost for me. I, you know, it, it's just out there. And some of the things we have to look at is the cost to buy and sell. You know, the commissions are pretty much gone in the market today. Those, those are a thing of the past, the old stock jockeys. But, you know, there is, if I wanted to buy at TD Ameritrade, if I wanted to buy at Schwab, Fidelity, doesn't matter. There's a cost to buy a stock and a cost to sell it. It could be a ticket charge, and those are pretty low now, five, six bucks. But there's also a price, what they call the bid-ass spread, what the actual the wirehouse is willing to let it go versus what it's willing to buy for. That's at the stock level. If you go to the ETF level, there's a cost for that company to put it together. It could be really, really cheap, like one to five basis points, or you know they could get expensive. Mutual funds are more than likely more expensive. So there's costs everywhere. And um, you need somebody to help you navigate those costs. For someone to say, yes, that is a normal cost, and uh, this is the way we can reduce it as much as possible, humanly possible, or that is a cost you do not need to take. (laughs) You know, we don't have to do that. We can do it cheaper. Yeah, let's do it better. Yeah, right. But there's costs. There's from mutual funds to ETFs to your advisor costs, the commissions, ticket charges. uh, It's everywhere. A lot of them. And for the most part, you want to get that cost as low as possible. And then you really want to look to make sure that your returns reflect that cost. Because it doesn't matter, really. You want after cost returns. And the lower the cost, the better off you're going to be. But you, you really need to pay attention that what your expectations are of the returns of this investment versus the cost. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff. Well, we'll take our, our next break here. And when we come back, the question is, is how much should you invest? Final segment, Life Planning 101, right here on KHX Schedule Live. We'll get right back to it, Brett. Yeah, so we're, we're question number four of, uh, of our list. And the next question is, is after we've gone through everything that we have, is what's the right amount for an investor to invest? Aaron, you know, what, what are we going to look at? When we look at our situation, what, what amount do we need to put back? All right. I'm going to throw some scary numbers out there. There's pretty much a golden rule, you know, that you can live off of about 4% of your investments. If the market returns 10, you know, you take four, you give a little bit to the government, you know, and then inflation, you know, that equals out to about 10%. So think of what a million dollars will do for you. If you invest up to a million dollars, that's 40000 a year income for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. 40000 you know, and you add Social Security in there, so that's that's somewhere around sixty, sixty-five thousand for a single person, and that's that million dollars is a big number, you know. So, how much should you invest? You know, more than likely as much as you possibly can. <laughs> right. But when we're going back and we're talking about time, 
$100 a month to a 20-year-old equals about, what is it, $5,000 a month to a 50-year-old? You know, so the earlier you can start and let that time work for you, the better off you're going to be and the cheaper it's going to be for you. But how much you should invest will always come back to, you know, what are my goals? How much do I need to accomplish those goals? And let's back that out and see what it's going to take. So when we talk about goal setting, you know, a lot of times people don't follow up on their goals because they're too big to, uh, to handle. So your investing is the same thing. If you have this goal that you need to hit, maybe you started later and uh, your new dollar amount that you need to invest, you can't reach. So a lot of times we see people say, gosh, I'm not going to do anything. I can't do that. I'm not going to do anything. And if it's 2000 a month, you're supposed to put back using easy numbers. You know, if you can do a thousand, do a thousand. And then once you get that, go to the next dollar amount, because then you're going to get a lot closer to your goal. And once you get accustomed to that lifestyle, you're not going to know the difference in that. So at at the end of the day, like Aaron was saying is, always start with something find out what the end in mind is and then always start with something and do something today and start young start Uh, young get started grandparents probably the best gift you could do is start your children early and it doesn't have to be a lot when they're young right but it 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 makes a tremendous amount of difference yeah time time helps time Time helps kind of switching gears here a little bit we've been talking about investing and putting money in now let's go and say what if i need to take money from my investments? What if I'm at the other part of the end of the game where I've built this pile and now I need to start pulling some money from my, what I've put back? All right. This is the, the easiest one to understand. No matter how you're investing, you need to really realize you have one partner, one partner, and that is Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam gets his share before anybody else. You know, so keep that in mind. And... This is just from my feelings. Not everybody feels the same way. But I want to keep that partner just as small as absolutely possible. So when you're ready to start withdrawing money, get some help. Because the less of a partner Uncle Sam is, the more you get to take home. And a lot of us are going to have money in retirement accounts, which are going to be taxed different. Uh, Your regular 401k is going to be taxed different than your your Roth 401k or your Roth IRA versus your, your joint or individual money. So get some help to see how to withdraw that and a plan to withdraw that to make those dollars stretch as long as possible. And, and the less you, you hand our, our partner, Uncle Sam, you know, the longer that money's going to last you. Well, you know, the question number two, you already hit on that is, you know, how do taxes play a part in my in investments? And there's really only the three ways to get returns. And, and those are uh, the investments themselves, lower the fees, or what money you don't send to Uncle Sam. Lower taxes, that's exactly right. And, and all your accounts are going to be taxed differently. And once you start withdrawing, you, you really need to put that foremost in your mind to how do I get this out and pay as little as I can. Pay as little, fees, pay as little, taxes, you know, and get the most out of the returns out of your portfolio. Yeah, so as we, as we wrap things up here, what awesome information. We could we could sit here for another couple of coffee pots and go through this, but I know we don't have time for that this morning. But the number one question is, should there be an overall plan for my investments? And I think we've hit that on the, on the other question. The answer to that question is absolutely. You need, you need a plan uh, so that you can sleep at night, know that you uh, are where you're at, and you're going to get where you need to get uh, to have a successful uh, life and, and a live life on purpose. So remember, as Benjamin Franklin said, an investment in knowledge 
pays the best interest. So make sure you find somebody to, to get you some help and, and uh, make the right decisions. Join us uh, on our newsletter. Uh, the, all of these shows are on our podcast. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Aaron, thanks for being on. Uh, God bless everybody. Have a great day. And KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA S. SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton and Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group LLC.